Welcome into the Scene Setter Podcast. Scott Chasen alongside Sean Collins back to talk about another Marvel movie. It is Spider-Man Far From Home. He was far from home. Sean Collins, you and I are far from each other's homes. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've uh, been watching, I've been binge watching Stranger Things today. Season three came out and uh, that's pretty exciting. I'm already through seven episodes. I got one left, I think. How long? How long are the episodes? About an hour. Oh, God. Gosh. that That's... I've wanted to... I'm a little bit concerned. I tried to do a rewatch of Stranger Things, and I was kind of disappointed. So I'm a little bit concerned about season three. But is it good? It's good so far? Very good. It's got, you know, 95 into 93. Rock and solid with the uh, audience and critics. You know, it's good. Obviously, you know, it's not like the perfect TV show. If you don't like teen flicky, you know, horror kind of things, it's going to be annoying to you. But... um I think it's pretty good. Yeah, speaking of 95 and 93, the movie we saw last I looked, it might have changed since then, had a 92 and a 97. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, so, I mean, pretty fantastic rating. We're, we're going to do a little bit, things a little bit differently, probably moving, you know, from here on out with these uh, reviews. We'll, we'll give you a very, very quick bare bones, like, you know, one, two sentence recap, a quick review, and then really get into uh, more of the categories of it. We'll do our best scene, our uh, least favorite scene, a little bit of embrace debate, run through our awards, run through our grades and get you out of here. So uh, gone are hopefully the days of hour long podcasts, unless of course there's a movie that deserves that. But uh, I'm, I was very excited about this movie. I've already seen it uh, twice. Sean, I'm guessing you've seen it once. Just once. Yep. I'm probably going to see it twice though. Yeah, it, it's it's a very good movie, and uh, there are some parts, at least for me, that were a little bit confusing kind of while I was watching it the first time that I kind of figured out by the end of it, and then the second time, it's 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 still a lot of fun. You can see it uh, kind of in a different way. So uh, real quick, for anyone who uh, needs a refresher or what have you, it's uh, this movie follows Spider-Man's journey in the post-Iron Man uh, sacrificing himself world. It's a tale of discovery. Uh, kind of and development for Peter Parker. It runs concurrent uh, to his school's trip to Europe that features him teaming up with Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who then turns out to be evil. They battle. Peter Parker uh, potentially kills him. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and then Mysterio, I guess in a video uh, that was given to basically the uh, Marvel's version of InfoWars, um, it's revealed Peter Parker is Spider-Man and they kind of put out this video saying that Peter Parker actually killed Mysterio and that he's evil. So a uh, very interesting movie, a lot of twists and turns, uh, a lot of fun parts to it. Sean, a brief review of what you liked and what you didn't like. Well, first I thought it was amazing that half of your recap just then was from a minute and a half post credit scene. So that was, <laughs> that was uh, that's a great, that's actually a great point. Uh, but that, that credit scene was a pretty big deal, though, I think. Uh, we'll talk about oh, – you'll have to repeat your question. But, yeah, the, those two credit scenes were really good. Uh, what were you asking? You wanted me to give my review? Your review of the movie. Well, um, I mean, I thought that this was really good. I uh, Spider-Man's one of my favorites. And, of course, you know, I really like Iron Man as well. I thought this was kind of like a love story to his character, this whole, this whole, um, this whole movie. For me, it's probably a top five Marvel movie, I'll be honest. Um, I have a hard time putting it anywhere lower than that. This was about as excited as I was coming out of Endgame uh, when the movie was concluded. I think that this movie has the best action sequence in a Marvel film. Um, that, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, Homecoming was really good. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a really nice story and a good way to start off Spider-Man. But, you know, I was a little bit concerned. I'm like, how how is Spider-Man going to be able to contribute as, like, a really strong, formidable Avenger? And he definitely proves himself uh, in this movie. And that was very exciting. You know, he kind of has his, you know, his badass moments in this. Uh, in the same ways that, you know, Cap and Thor and Iron Man um, did in their, you know, original movies that came out, what was it, like, 10 years ago now? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this was a really excited move, exciting movie, and I'm looking forward to going to see it again. I believe my parents are seeing it this evening. They might even be there right now. Um, I know my dad likes Spider-Man a lot, so I'm, I'm hoping he likes it. We'll, we'll see. Everything yeah. is based on my dad's review, by the <laughs> way. Hanging in the balance. No, my... I think my favorite parts of this movie, while I agree with everything you said, and we'll, we'll obviously talk ab about a lot of these things throughout kind of the rest of this uh, 
episode of the Scene Setter podcast, but I, I, the way the characters interact with each other, I'm not sure if this was the most well or, or the best acted Marvel movie, but it seemed like a lot of characters who uh, played their roles really well, who interacted, played off each other really well. Yeah. And, and I, the second time, what I really took out of this was I, I really think a lot of the performances were absolutely fantastic. Like mm-hmm. Happy Hogan, his interactions with with Peter, I think those scenes are great. I, I think Marissa Tomei is hilarious when she's interacting with Happy. I think uh, all the kids, when MJ and um, I'm blanking on his Ned. friend's name. I got you. Ned. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ned and uh, yeah, Ned. Thank you. Uh, when, when they're all kind of doing their thing, uh, it's it's legitimately laugh out loud hilarious. And I thought the inclusion of JB Smoove was an absolute, like a, a brilliant addition to the cast. I, I actually thought he was one of the funniest characters the entire movie uh, talking about witches the entire time. It's just, uh, I, I just think it's a really fun movie. You don't have to like superhero movies to like it. If you like superhero movies, you'll really like it. Uh, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think anyone can go and see it. And I really don't even think you have to have seen any Marvel movies before this one to see it. You'll be a little bit confused by the post credit scene at the very end, but I, I think it tracks well enough that you really don't even have to see other Marvel movies first. Yeah, you're probably right. It, you know, it's fun enough um, that it can that it can serve that way. And it is, you know, this is still kind of like you know one of those teeny movies, and it's just kind of like a superhero background kind of thing. Or maybe it's the other way around. But another really big thing for me in this movie is that it checked off a really important box for me in a superhero movie, and that is, does this movie have a good villain? And this movie has a really good villain. Like, I I thought Mysterio. Uh, skyrocketed him himself to top five top seven uh marvel villains um he has really solid like like motive and he's not just out like to destroy the world for whatever reason or you know something like that like we've had with maybe like 50 percent, 60 percent of the other marvel villains um he has a really good relationship back and forth with peter parker in multiple different ways and you know it kind of turns into this rivalry but um, yeah, Mysterio was really good too. That was important for me. Yeah, let's let's jump into an embrace debate here. Do you believe Mysterio is dead? Yes. Okay, so you do. And why? Can you expand on that? Oh, uh, I think that they pulled that trick way too many times. Um, I'm not sure how how relevant he could be coming back into the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, like, I suppose it could happen, and, like, he may get, like, a cameo or something from, like, a flashback or something like that, um, but Sp- Spider-Man has a lot of really important villains, and I feel like they would probably go to the Green Goblin or Scorpion or something like that before they got to him. Um, Spider-Man's obvious, you know, he he's going to be facing probably something much larger uh, than what he's been facing in, you know, whatever his next movie is, as you discussed in the post credit scene, but... Um, yeah, I, I think Mysterio is definitely dead. So I actually, the, originally when I saw it, I thought he was dead. And then when I saw it the second time, it kind of opened me up to this idea that maybe, hey, maybe he's not dead. And my my main thing is, I guess my biggest question following the movie is, what was the motive of Mysterio to kind of expose Peter Parker in, like, if he was going to die and, and you know, not come back? What What's kind of the, the reasoning why? I, I just, I don't know the answer to that. I could also see him being dead, but... Uh, I'm I'm just interested in what kind of his motivations are in terms of ruining Peter Parker's life. Well, I think that Peter probably reminds him. I think they uh, what a really interesting part about this movie is that both Peter and Mysterio remind each other of Tony Stark in like their own different ways. Like obviously at the beginning, uh, Mysterio he he's kind of serving as that you know grown up figure in his life, that kind of voice of reason. And hey, you can do this kind of stuff. And hey, these are your choices. You know, uh, they trust. You know, Tony trusted in you. Uh, you're very talented. You know, you're putting yourself out there, and you're you know you're doing a good job at this whole superhero life. And that's something that you know Peter really needed to hear. But I think we find out that he needed to hear that from Happy Hogan and not not Mysterio. But um, and on the other side, I think you know Peter is this young, brilliant guy who knows how to use technology. And uh, he's out to serve good. And, you know, sometimes it's at the expense of others. Like there's people, you know, under him. And, you know, like he has a friend, Ned, who is like totally accepting of this role. Um, but Mysterio was not accepting of that role when he was kind of working under Tony Stark, right? Like that that's a pretty big uh, figure for him in this movie and part of his motive 
So I think that that's probably a pretty important thing. And so Mysterio probably has that same sort of, you know, spiteful relationship against Peter Parker towards the end of this movie because, you know, Peter's really shown himself and he's really shined and he's, you know, become the golden boy, so to say. Um, so I feel like that, you know, that, you know, even if he was dead or not dead, I feel like Mysterio, you know, if he's going to come out, he's going to make sure he gets something on you. And that's probably why he released this name. Sure. Uh, a couple other questions I had. First of all, I think I know how you go on this one, so I'll start. Mm -hmm. uh, was this the best Spider-Man movie, period, counting the Tobey Maguire, counting the Spider-Verse, counting everything? For me, it was. I've seen Spider-Verse three times, Homecoming twice, uh, and obviously I grew up on the originals. Uh, I did not see the Andrew Garfield one, uh, so if that one is better than all of these, then There's I There's two Andrew Garfield ones. I did not see either of them. So okay. if, if those are the best ones, I apologize to, to Mr. Garfield. But uh, this was my favorite, especially the second time. I, I wasn't as high on Homecoming as everyone else, but I still really did like it. And uh, the same with the, the Spider-Verse movies. I actually really liked them. And I think I, I may have given it like an eight and a half or something like that when we reviewed it. Um, but to me, this was a very, very like this one. I actually enjoyed this one more than Endgame. So I'll, I'll set the baseline at my review there. I'm not saying it was a better movie or more complex or whatever, because obviously it's a smaller focus, but I actually do believe this was the best Spider-Man movie, especially because uh, one distinction between this and Homecoming is Homecoming had support characters, especially Iron Man, that it was like, even if you were a little bit concerned about Spider-Man carrying a movie, you still had a little bit of like some of the, the other guys. This was largely a Spider-Man movie, a Spider-Man is going to be the dominant figure in pretty much every scene doing everything. And uh, I thought he carried it and set up this kind of new direction of the MCU pretty well. Uh, I, I mean, it's really hard for me to judge. As far as a live action Spider-Man movie, I think there's a very good chance that this is the best one. Um, if it's not this one, then it's probably Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. But I mean, I, I'd probably agree that this is the definitely best one. I'm not sure it's better than Spider-Verse. Um, it's going to be hard to beat that one. I mean, it won an Oscar. Uh, the thing about Spider-Verse for me was it kind of like, oh, it, it like changed like the, the shape of what a superhero movie can be. And I'm not just talking about, you know, that cartoony comic book, you know, animation feel, while that is, you know, obviously a very important role. Um, it kind of, you know, it talks a lot about identity and like who we feel that we are and like who we can be. And, you know, like it, in a lot of other movies, you know, the superhero automatically comes out and, you know, maybe they trip a couple times or something like that. Um, but end up, they end up kicking ass for most of the movie. Uh, in Spider-Verse, like it's very different. Like Miles Morales, like he struggles for like 95% of that movie with lots of different things, with his family, with relationships, uh, with living up to his own standards, other people's standards, his other interests, like it, like he, the person he looked up to the most turns out to be uh, one of the baddest villains in town. So like everything's disappointing him all around and you know, everything's kind of like falling apart at the seams and he still finds a way to manage and pull himself up. And I don't think that that has ever been played out in a superhero movie before. Um, usually, it, I feel like it's the other way around. So. Um, I'm, I'm okay with settling it for a tie. I think it's really tough to compare it though. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, that's probably how I feel about it. It's really yeah. tough for me to pick one or the other. Cause I did really like this movie too. And I probably need to see it again. Before yeah. Well, I, I know you were super high on Spider-Verse, which is why I posed the question. And mm. I, I think Spider-Verse is a great movie and especially like, I think it's, I, I mean, there are a number of reasons why it's so special, including the idea that like Spider-Man is one of those superheroes who truly could be anyone under the mask. It doesn't, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It could be a man. It could be a woman. It could be, uh, you know, your average pig. Say it again. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, they, I mean, they literally portray it as I'm trying to think of the names of all the actors who play them even, but like you have the miles Morales rendition, you have the classic, uh, Peter Parker. I, I really can't remember. It's, uh, it's the guy Dave from, New thank you. You're on fire with these. The guy thank from you. new girl. That's where I was going. But yeah, the, I, I mean, it, it's so interesting because Spider-Man, maybe Batman has gone through this, but Spider-Man is a character that has been redone and reimagined so many times. Like in, I mean, just our lifetime, Sean, you and I being kind of younger, uh, we've had Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, 
who plays Miles Morales? Uh, I forget his name, but he's he was he's a oh God Shamik Shamik Moore or something like that. If that's wrong, I'll cut it out. Don't worry about it. Um, I really, all... I think that's pretty dang close. I'm gonna look it up. You keep talking. Okay, so that's three, and then you have Tom Holland, who's four, and I might even be missing one. Like the the fact that I, like I said, maybe Batman, maybe we'll get that with the Joker, like Superman, Lex Luthor, some of these. But like Spider Man has traditionally been that character that I, I guess studios know really like appeals to people. It's a fun character, a funny character, and. The, the fact that they're able now to bring it to a high school setting. I see you nodding. Does that mean you did nail it? I, all did. Right. I did. All right. All right. So, so I think, I, I think it's fascinating that it's a character that's been redone so many times and it seems like they finally found the one that sticks. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is, I mean, it's called kind of the Marvel's phase four. I, I'm not sure if this is building to a central villain and more Avengers movies or whatnot, but this one you, is supposed to be the very end of phase three. Oh, like, like not end game. It was supposed to be this movie. Okay. So do you like the direction, I guess, where things are heading moving into phase four? I do a lot. And like, I actually have a couple of embraced debates for you too, because, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it kind of revolves around that. And like, what, like, do we know anything right now? Um, especially because of one of those post credit scenes, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. do you think Nick Fury the Nick Fury that was at Tony Stark's funeral. Do you think that was Nick Fury? Like the real one? Yeah. So it's an interesting question. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I kind of, I, I didn't really think about it, I guess. I, now I'm starting to think, no, my, because, my initial thought was yes. Girl, Nick Fury who mentions the funeral to, to, uh, you know, Peter Parker, right? Like it, if we're saying it was yeah. troll Nick Fury for this entire movie, then either Nick Fury fed that information about the funeral, about you know wanting to reach out to him but not doing it then, or Nick Fury's been gone for a really long time. Yeah, I was going to say, because the other thing is that scrolls can, as I remember from Captain Marvel, they can take some of the recent memories of the person they impersonate. So yeah. unless it happened like immediately after the funeral, basically, or whatever recent memories is, yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. I honestly, one of the things the hardest parts of the movie for me was figuring out which Nick Fury was real and when it wasn't because like the scene when Peter gets picked up from the airport mm-hmm. to go in Berlin, I'm assuming that was a hologram Nick or a fake Nick Fury the entire I think, time. I think everything in this movie was scroll Nick Fury. I don't no, think no, no, Nick- no. But I I mean that was a hologram, right? Like that was not even Nick Fury the Nick Fury that got shot in the boardroom with him, because the last thing that Nick Fury says, oh, yeah, no, that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. That was pure Mysterio. Yes. Okay. So that the first time I saw that was a little bit confusing to me. And then like it, that kind of clicked. But th- my only question was, was Nick Fury ever in Berlin or was it the entire time? Yes. Well, okay. well, scroll Nick Fury was in Berlin, but Nick Fury has been in, I think what we learned from the postcard scene is that Nick Fury is in space. Yeah, and and do you have a guess as to why he's up there? Uh, I'm assuming it has something to do with Captain Marvel or the Guardians of Galaxy or uh, you know something. Um, he he's got something else planned. I, I I have no further guesses other than that. I'm sure that there's somebody else who uh, is like deeply invested into the actual comics that has a good guess for me. And I'm sure there's like a 15 minute detailed YouTube video, but I mm-hmm. I do not have that knowledge. By a British guy, most likely. Any yeah. other embrace debates? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do you think that they will include a multiverse with this Spider-Man? I do not. And I actually thought the line about kind of a multiverse was maybe even a little bit of a nod to Spider-Verse. I wasn't sure if you mm-hmm. felt the same way. But I, I, I think they're outside of the time travel thing that they did. I mean, maybe this would be the way they get Scarlett Johansson back mm-hmm. if they want to go that route. But... I think they're probably closing the book on that for now. I think you're probably right. Um, mm-hmm. I feel uh, obviously I don't know. You know, they've pulled off more impressive things. I suppose I, they basically did that with Endgame. But uh, I, I, I think I probably agree with you. Mm-hmm. Any others? Nope, those were the two that I had. All right. So before we get into grades and awards, let's do our favorite scene and maybe a scene we either didn't like or was controversial or something. So let's start with the favorite scene. Uh, I know we'll be different on this. What was your favorite scene? Uh, I really like the bridge fight between Spider-Man and Mysterio. 
I thought that that was probably as good of CGI as I've ever seen. Like, I mm-hmm. thought the choreography and, like, the fight sequence in there was amazing. Basically, Mysterio goes into, you know, his little alternate reality kind of thing and makes it so, you know, Spider-Man is still in the real world, but what he sees is everything else, and he has to use his quote-unquote Peter Tingle <laughs> to uh, feel out and understand, get to Mysterio, and get through, you know, the couple dozen drones that are in between the two of them. And uh, it's a really awesome sequence. Um, I, I don't know. I had never seen anything like that in a Marvel film, in my opinion. Um, that was like the first like true moment where I like Spar- Spider-Man was like really kicking ass. Like that, I think that I really liked that part. Um, obviously, there are a lot of really good parts. Like I, I really liked the the sequence on the jet with uh, with Peter and Happy Hogan. But you're, uh, by the way, you're such a dick for just like <laughs> my favorite scene is multiple scenes. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not multiple. Uh, it's definitely the bridge scene. Um, but yeah, there. I just took yours, didn't I? So that is hilarious. Well, my favorite scene is on the jet. When <laughs> no, I mean it is though. I I loved when it's uh, a really good scene. Yeah, yeah, after the pep talk that Peter gets from Happy, and he's starting to kind of they're starting to figure it out. There's humor in the scene, and then when Peter goes to the to kind of make his suit, he's messing with the hologram technology and Happy's watching him and looking on. And you can tell that Happy is basically like, I'm watching Iron Man all over again. I'm seeing my mm-hmm. best friend. I'm seeing this guy. I thought that was a really emotional moment of the movie, maybe an emotional climax of sorts. And I, I think in the like in the audience that like that's a moment where there's you're not gonna cry watching this movie, but that's a moment that it's like you you kind of get the feels and it's it, it goes full circle from him you know, wanting to dodge and and get out of the shadow of Iron Man because he doesn't know if he can handle it or live up to it mm-hmm. to understanding, hey, I've just got to be the best that I can be. And, you know, that'll be good enough. I, I thought that scene was amazing. It absolutely was amazing. And again, I told you that I think that this movie was a Spider-Man. It, it, it does a really good job of balancing itself and like being definitely a Spider-Man movie and finding a way to be a love note to Tony Stark. I think it tells a lot about like the influence that, Robert Downey Jr.'s character had on this entire universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not even in this movie, technically. I don't think they had to record any new scenes for him. I think, yeah, you know, they used a couple, like, flashback things. But, uh, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, yeah, the relationship between him and Peter was always really strong when it was on screen. So it's awesome um, that they were able to pull off a lot of good scenes. And I see that you're smiling or smirking or something. I, I have a and prediction. I'm terrified of what's about to happen. I have a prediction that your MVP is Iron Man. It is not. Okay. I was wondering if, if that was going to make a, make it in just one of your words at least. But uh, You cannot guess my MVP. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get to our awards. Uh, would you like to start with your most improved or we didn't do our least, uh, either your least favorite scene or a scene that was controversial. Anything stick out from this movie to you? Well, I, like I said, I think that the humor was really good in this movie from these particular, <clears throat> from these, excuse me, these particular characters. But, um, I think they made the teachers out to be like way too incompetent. <laughs> like that they are just like the like there's no scenario where the two instructors are not the dumbest people in the room. And like I'm not saying that like they're trying to portray all teachers in that light like cuz I think you're like really, you know, you know, leaping somewhere with that. But uh I thought that part like I don't know, I I'm not sure it was like overacted a little bit, but like it, it was a little bit silly. Um and, like, I didn't hate it, and it didn't even ruin those scenes for me. Like, to be honest, like, that's how good I thought this movie was. Uh, but I had a really hard time trying to pick out a least favorite scene because I really liked a lot of the sequences in this movie. So I, I went with that. Yeah, it, my least favorite scene was also a scene I did not dislike. Um, <laughs> and just, by the way, to add to the best scene thing, when Spider-Man almost kills Brad with a drone or whatever <laughs> that guy said, so funny. I mean, the the all that and the interaction when he takes the picture of Spider-Man with his pants around his ankles with yeah. the blonde lady and then how they spin it on him and, and they're like, why are you taking photos of people in the bathroom? And the teacher comes up and he's like, I'm going to be the cool teacher. You got to stop taking photos of people in the bathroom. It was so <laughs> funny. But um, uh, I thought the bar scene that uh, I thought it was a necessary scene because it answered every question that everyone in the audience had in that moment. And there was no way to do it without having a scene that had a lot of exposition that explained it. But that was one that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit because I was like, 
okay, I see what we're doing. We're going to go around and introduce every single character and explain. Didn't think it was bad per se, but I thought that was one that maybe pulls you out of the movie a little bit. I agree. They probably could have cut a minute from there. I'm not sure we needed to get the explanation from, you know, four other characters other than maybe Mysterio and like one other person or like you point them out real quick and like they don't have to make too much conversation. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with that take. I loved how they, they intertwined the video, though. I thought that was cool. Yes, that was good. And, yeah, a, a really a really all-around good job. All right, so your most improved player, starting with our awards. Uh, I went with the action sequences. I'm going to talk specifically about the Spider-Man movies. And not that the action sequences were bad in Homecoming at all. Like, they were really good. But, I mean, that, you know, Spider-Man takes on, as they call it in this movie, an Avengers-level threat in this movie and they treated it as such with the action sequences like they were really good like there's one part that is definitely mirroring uh captain america versus thanos in avengers endgame where he has a shield and he you know he's holding some sort of like brick or hammer thing he starts like swinging it around mm -hmm. to um you know there's a lot of uh, of solid callbacks as well as you know I, I mean obviously it's hard to like not be impressed by cgi these days i also saw this movie in imax which was like a really uh, good decision. I didn't regret that one at all. Um, mm -hmm. I gave it the action sequences. Uh, pretty standard there. Not too much to explain. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. The Wait, best thing. <laughs> no, the <laughs> best action sequence, by the way, is when Happy Hogan throws the shield. <laughs> so, and it just falls right down. He's like, how does Cap do it? That was such a great, that, that moment. Yeah. There was so much in this. This, I, in my opinion, just my opinion, this and Infinity War were the funniest uh, Marvel movies. They're pretty good. I, I, I'm not sure. I would, I would have to remember and like go back and watch maybe like one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, that Thor Ragnarok right. is pretty dang funny too. Uh, Thor Ragnarok and Guardians are in the same tier as all of them. You're, you're right. I totally forgot about all this. I was thinking about like Captain America in my head. I was like Captain America, no Civil War, no, no. You're right. Those two are up there, and Iron and uh, Ant Man two is also very. Funny. It's really tough to like pick out like uh, that's why I usually feel safer about doing like top fives with something. So what are we yeah. at? Like twenty two Marvel movies now. Like twenty three. Uh, well, yeah. LeBron James year. Yeah. Well, Anthony Davis here. Okay. Well, uh, most improved player. I went with Happy Hogan uh, for two reasons. First of all, he's kind of dating Marissa Tomei, so like that is an instant like major upgrade for him. But obviously, I thought his character. Uh, it's never always been comedic relief. Even if you go back to the Iron Man movies, obviously he's a quasi punching bag, kind of sarcastically for Tony Stark at times. And I think a lot of times is he's like this high strung security guy, whatever. But I think it added this movie as much as, as much as this movie developed uh, Peter Parker, I, I think it developed uh, happy Hogan in a, in a gigantic way too. Maybe not as much as Peter, but I, I thought this showed him in a new light. And I thought that character, I was really, really impressed by the acting job, the way that character interacted with everyone else down to, uh, I mean, the moments when, uh, he reveals he's in love with Peter's aunt and all the no. kids stop and stare at him. I, I thought just about everything he did was uh, was pretty fantastic. Do we uh, do least valuable? There, do we do six man? Yes, next? six man's next. All you. I my six man of the year was the scrolls because you mm -hmm. know they they we we weren't really aware that they were on the bench at this moment, <laughs> uh, but you know they came in and they had a they had a nice little role in this movie. Uh, I, I, and I think what makes this so important is because it really develops what Marvel's going to be able to do with, you know, their next batch of movies, because we're at the point now where we don't really know if anybody is anyone like that. And that's kind of a fun thing. Um, so I gave it to the squirrels. I gave it uh, collectively to Hulk, Black Panther, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch because I okay. thought it was really cool how they had them all kind of come off at the bench at the end of the movie and help Spider-Man because they were obviously facing such a big threat. Uh, I went to the bathroom during the back half of the movie, so I didn't see the final fight scene, but I'm assuming that's what told. happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. All the Avengers assembled and old Captain America rolled up in his wheelchair. And, yep, <laughs> they took him down. All right, Coach of the Year. I went with Quentin. Uh, Quentin Beck, I believe his name is. First of all, first superhero movie character ever named Quentin. I feel pretty comfortable about that. Uh, but I actually thought when he was obviously acting and faking, 
uh, the advice he gave to Peter was, I actually thought really cool. And obviously a lot of kids are going to see this movie. And I think it's really nice that there's a huge message of this movie. That's like, Hey, you know, think about what you want. Don't try and live up to expectations. Happy falls into that category. Um, Aunt May falls into that category. She on the phone tells Peter to trust his instincts. And I think a lot of that messaging is really good. So I gave it to him, even though obviously uh, he turned out to be a bad guy, but he also had a pretty decent plan anyway. I, I gave my coach of the year to Happy Hogan, and you know you kind of nailed it with uh, with your description of him in this movie. You know he gives Peter a lot of really good advice, especially on that jet scene. Uh, you know he kind of he serves as that as that like voice of reason that Peter really needed. He got that from uh, from Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio. But you know um, he kind of gets betrayed by that, and he learns you know the quality of a friend or mentor that he's going to have in Happy Hogan. And like that, you know, their interactions were great. I mean, they've always been great. They were really good in Civil War or uh, Homecoming, you know, the Avengers movies on and on. But, you know, Happy Hogan had a really good role in this movie. I agree. Yeah. Go with your uh, rookie of the year. My rookie of the year was Mysterio. Obviously, this is his first movie. I thought he absolutely crushed it. Um, he stole a lot of scenes. The CGI and the design behind this here, uh, this character was great. Um, I really liked his development as a character as well. Um, I think it's really tough to have a good villain. Like I've described so many times, they usually just come in and have spite and hate, and they don't really have any good reason um, other than they're powerful and they have the ability to do so. And like he wasn't really even trying to destroy the world. What he was trying to do is he was trying to become the new Iron Man because, you know, he, he wanted to be a hero. What he wanted, you know, was to serve good. Like that ultimately that's what he wanted. It's just that he was also causing the destruction to get to that place. Yeah. Uh, my rookie of the year uh, was Mr. Dell, who was played by J.B. Smoove. I actually, so we may disagree on this a little bit. I thought, I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Um, and his, his scenes didn't necessarily get huge laughs, but when he's like, as a man of science, this is witches or whatever, I just thought was really funny. And I think the story of how he was casted in the MCU as a whole is fascinating. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. So J.B. Smoove obviously is a comedian. He's been in, like he has a trillion IMDb credits. He was in a car commercial, I guess, with some of the characters. And I guess like one of the directors or producers saw the way they interacted. This is according to SlashFilm.com. Uh, and decided then and there, like, hey, we got to cast this guy. He's hilarious interacting with them. So uh, that kind of led to him being brought into the movie. I thought he was funny. I thought, um, I, I guess how he played off the kids was, uh, and, and even the other teacher, um, I actually thought it was really funny. And uh, it was nice because, like, a lot of the, I mean, the thing that everyone hates, I would say, about, uh, like, the DC universe or the DC movies is a lot of them- like <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like they're like you can have dark movies. There can be good movies that are dark. The Wolverine movie, uh, one of the more recent ones, I forget the exact name, but like Logan. that's yeah, Logan. That's an exact. That's an example. You can have a dark movie that people like, but uh, I, I think to a to a certain extent, like um, it, it's also nice just to have in a movie that's funny a little bit of extra, like that's not relying on Tom Holland or Mysterio or Samuel L. Jackson. That's not just only the main characters are doing these main things and funny and whatever. And so if you're going to go in that direction, then you have to have good support characters or else it just be, kind of becomes ridiculous. And I thought he was one of them. So I liked Mr. Dell. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the characters too. Again, I was just trying to find something and I had to find something to pick at. And sure. And like he definitely was funny. I don't disagree with that. They just made the, both of the instructors out to be the dumbest people in the room at all times. They are the dumbest people in America at yeah. all times. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, another low key hilarious moment when Ned says the thing about like European people liking Americans. Yeah. And what's funny about that is the first theater I saw, and maybe they didn't get the joke because no one laughed, and I laughed. And I was like, why am I the only one laughing at this? This is hilarious. The second theater I was in, uh, when I saw it just a couple hours ago, like erupted at that line. I was like, okay, this is a much better theater. I'm much happier with these people. Uh, your uh, defensive player of the year. My defensive player of the year was Tony Stark. He uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't really in this movie. Uh, per se. In, in, in a physical form. But, you know, when Peter is having a really tough time and obviously Happy Hogan, you know, he gives them those words of encouragement. But, uh, you know, the fact that Tony Stark believed in him so much and was kind of looking at him to, you know, take over the mantle of, you know, being a huge leader 
for the Avengers and for this universe because he knows he has what it takes to be a hero. You know, that's that sort of confidence passed on through Happy Hogan was really important. And obviously the technology that he is given um, is really good. You also probably could give Tony Stark least valuable player because the sunglasses end up in the hands of Mysterio. But also the sunglasses were given to him by Peter Parker. So Major Peter Parker is the least valuable player. I don't know. I'm going to jump to my least valuable player award, which is for the second time. Sean is ruined. Uh, I actually, I, I actually gave my honorary LVP to Edith, the defense system, which, by the way, is called. Yeah. It stands for uh, "Even Dead, I'm the Hero," which I thought was a, a funny and uh, line. And you could also totally envision Tony Stark saying that, uh, just because that Peter is able to transfer it to someone just by literally saying, "Like, hey, we're going to transfer this," and then also maybe like something I was. Like when he said transfer, my assumption was that he had transferred it, but then he was able to use it at the end of the movie. So I'm, maybe he just added in or someone else. I wasn't really clear on that. Mm-hmm. But my de- my defensive player of the year uh, was overprotective parents because uh, if you think about it, the kids who weren't allowed to go on this trip to Europe because their parents were like, no, it's not safe. We're not letting you go. That's a win. They all, you know, these kids all almost died. So like those parents. Several times. They're pointing at those kids and saying like at their kids and they're saying, see, I told you never go to Europe. But also we could have been friends with Spider-Man. Oh, that's true. Although still it's, I loved too. I, I'm just going into every time we talk about something, it's like, oh, I love that too. Just like the discovery scene with, uh, with MJ and how, so Peter obviously has a crush on her the entire movie. And then he wants to tell her that he has a crush on her and she kind of, I guess delays this discovery by, you know, revealing that she knows or she thinks he's Spider-Man. And it's one of those scenes where when he says, wait, were you only paying attention to me because you thought I was Spider-Man? And she says, uh, yes, I think she does such a good job of acting that it conveys that obviously we could tell she does like him too, Mm -hmm. but Peter doesn't sense that. I think Tom Holland does a good job playing off that and acting. I thought that was a really well acted scene. Absolutely. That's, uh, I, I just did my defensive player of the year. Did you do your least valuable player? Did you actually do it? That was, well, that was my honorary one. My real one is background checks. And <laughs> they covered this plot hole because Samuel L. Jackson was not Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury was not Nick Fury in this movie. It was a scroll. But like, if they had just Googled Quentin Beck and been like, let's go to his house and talk to him real quick because it might help to have two of these guys instead of just one. And then it was like, wait, where is he? He's not here. Oh, Maybe this guy is a liar. A background check could have helped in this scenario. My least valuable player was definitely drainage systems, just because <laughs> everywhere is flooding in this movie. That's all I've got. All right. You can go on your MVP. My MVP is Thanos. Um, Whoa! I think where the un- the Marvel Universe is at at this point, for better or for worse, is uh, is because of Thanos. Um, because of Thanos, you get to see Tony Stark make that ultimate sacrifice because of Thanos, you know, a lot of people get to know what it's like living without superheroes and Peter Parker knows what it's like to disappear. Um, I, I think that that that's definitely relevant. And I think that, you know, the effect that Thanos has on the Marvel cinematic universe is like far from being over. Maybe Thanos doesn't ever come back again, but, um, you know, Obviously, you know, the sla- the snap and the blip or whatever they they're end up calling it, it's going to be relevant, you know, from here on out. Like, it's always going to be relevant. Um, and in that way, Thanos kind of won in, like, his, in his own kind of, you know, sort of fashion. And, you know, again, I think that ultimate sacrifice that Tony Stark makes in Endgame uh, has a really lasting impression. Again, Peter Parker is one of the last people that gets to speak with him. That's obviously a really important moment. Uh, as close to anything as he's had as a father. Um, I, that's why I gave it to Thanos. I wanted to be surprising. Tom Holland should absolutely hold out on his next contract and demand like triple the money because they can never get someone to replace him. And he is my MVP. He and Peter Parker, both, uh, not just because obviously he saved the day and was the, the titular character, uh, in in this movie, not just because he was, I mean, he's Spider-Man, uh, but really because like I said a little bit earlier, 
he carries this movie. They made him uh, the primary guy. There were there was no Doctor Strange helping him and guiding him along the way. Mysterio was for a little bit, but he became the villain. Samuel L. Jackson's in a lot of these movies. He's not, Nick Fury is not going to carry these movies. And there was no Iron Man. There was no you know Thor helping him out. This was Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things, especially that final action sequence. Yeah, they were there were cutaways to Happy Hogan with the kids, but Spider-Man wasn't getting an assist from anyone. It was him first off. Yep. And and it was can this guy on the acting side, can Tom Holland carry a movie? Can Peter Parker be a believable, you know, foe to Avengers level threats, as you said? I thought he did all the all those things. I thought. Uh, I thought they set up a new movie very well. Uh, normally, I don't give my MVP to the like obvious main character of the movie, uh, but in this case, I thought Tom Holland, Peter Parker, Spider Man, all these things, uh, absolutely loved it. And I, I like that they tied in the Daily Bugle in the end, and then they made it like, am I reading that wrong? It it seemed like it was a parody of Infowars the way he was. Oh, sitting. you're right. It's absolutely what it is. Okay, that's what I thought. I saw it with Matt Galloway, and he did not think it was Infowars. But Back I was away, I thought that you were taking him to passengers and he thought this was the re-release. And <laughs> yeah, that they're trying to break the record. It's like the uh, <laughs> Avengers needs like 60 million bucks to break the record. And I'm sure passengers, passengers going, needs like something billion. Yeah, Six billion dollars to break the award. Um, all right, let's get into our grades. What did you give? By the way, guess who was born in the same hometown as me? I, uh, Zendaya. Logic. Really? That is On disappointing. Gaithersburg, Maryland. Stand up. By the way, I didn't even know I was born there until I was filling out a form for a TSA pre-check and it asked, what city were you born in? And I called my mom because I was like, I just want to make sure the hospital wasn't in a different city. And my mom was like, you're born in Gaithersburg. I grew up my whole life thinking I lived in Germantown. Uh, turns out I was born in Gaithersburg. Wow. Huge development. I know that was a plot twist. Anyway, your logic grade. I get. I gave my logic grade uh, three question marks and then a <laughs> and then a B and then another question mark <laughs> because like I don't. I mean I don't know. Like realistically, an F. All of the Marvel movies are an F. I don't like. I don't know. Like of course it's not logical, but it, if you're following by the universe overall, like A. Like I. <laughs> I know I don't know what to do with logic for these movies. It's a lot easier when you're doing a movie like Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, or something like that. But uh, yeah. that, that I'm not sure how far I can go with this. You know, there was a lot of really, you know, the drone stuff. Obviously, I know that drones are real. I don't know if drones can actually do the kind of things that they're in this. There's nobody with superpowers. Um, but I like that the people in the higher ups were kind of incompetent in this movie. I thought that that was somewhat relevant. But I'm gonna give it a B because they made teachers stupid. I gave it a B as well, uh, <laughs> just because like it followed the rules well enough. Uh, but Spider-Man texts uh, while wearing gloves at the end of this movie, and I don't know if you've ever bought gloves you could text in, but none of them work. You can do it. I have. I've had a pair. No, absolutely not. And okay, not while you're swinging. Okay, there's a difference between you never having a pair that works and me definitely having a pair that still works currently. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, yeah, I, I don't need you to believe it. I I dinged it down. Uh, and then I added on on kind of a serious note, Mysterio's plan is just kind of interesting because like, let's say he is the next Tony Stark and let's let's carry this through to the end. Yep. What What is he going to do when the next Thanos shows up? It seems like maybe he could use technology and find a way to defeat it. But it also seems like with the amount of technology he already has access to, he could probably just build himself an Iron Man suit and actually be Iron Man. So I, I, I didn't, wasn't totally sure in that. I thought a B was fair, but... Again, as you said, you can't really. This is not about logic. Uh, did its job. What'd you go with? I, I gave it an A. It's like got that team flicky superhero movie. It's got a really good villain. The action sequences were really satisfying. The acting was really good. I know that that's a separate kind of thing, but you know, that's kind of what you're looking for when you go to a Marvel movie. You want the characters to be solid and convincing. Um, you want a plot that's fun. You don't want it to drag too much. Um, I am always looking for a really good villain, so I was pleased by this one, so I gave it an A. I was I was wondering what you would have thought of the villain, because I know that's a big thing for you. I gave it an A as well. Funny and charming, set the direction of the MCU, the characters grew up a lot, a fun villain. And I, even the little things, like for example, Flash, uh, who is traditionally, maybe his name's not Flash, I think it's Flash. It's Flash. 
traditionally the rival for Spider-Man. And I think in one of them either becomes Venom or maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but um, you see like his relationship with his parents when Spider-Man reads his text with the glasses and it's a text to his mom that says, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. What's up? Uh, or like the mom not coming to pick him up at the airport. And, and like, I, I think it, it explores some really interesting themes of, uh, not just the relationships between characters and, you know, following what you believe in all these things, but also the idea that like a lot of people, you know, maybe on the outside, it looks like their life is a certain way and their image is a certain thing, but there's a reason why they're projecting kind of that thing. I thought it was a cool message. So overall in a, I, I thought it definitely did its job. Do we do ending next? Or pacing. We do pacing. Pacing. I gave pacing a B minus. I, wow. I, I liked the pacing of this movie. But I want to be fair, you know, like uh, not everybody who goes to see this movie is going to be me. Um, if, you know, I like this sort of thing. So for me, the pacing would probably be an A. But I gave it a B minus because if you don't like superhero movies or, you know, some of the teen flicky stuff isn't what you're looking for and you're going for a serious superhero movie, then there's parts that are probably going to drag for you. So uh, that's why I gave it that. I gave this movie, and not a joke, uh, at first I gave it an infinity sign, and I changed it to an A+, because I wanted to be as serious as possible in terms of pacing. I thought this was the best-paced Marvel movie I've ever seen, and I've rewatched everyone. Because okay, I've... well, Scott also does this thing where the most recent thing he has watched <laughs> is the best at whatever event that he's ever seen. But... He, saw, he saw, what was it, Blockers, and he thought that that was a top 10 movie he'd ever seen. And I, I maintain was, that. I've, I, I stand by that take. It's got a wonderful message. It's got good heart. Shocking. Great heart, wonderful message for the kids. I, and about acceptance, that's a separate conversation, though. No other movie has ever been about acceptance. Understand your point, but regardless on pacing, I've actually, because of doing a rewatch of every single Marvel movie with my parents, I've seen every Marvel movie, and I'm sure you're in the same boat multiple times. And honestly, one of my biggest complaints is the pacing. And I'm, I think I'm generally lower than you on pacing in every movie, and I'm usually uh, pretty harsh on it. It's usually something that I criticize a lot, um, especially like on our most recent watch of Endgame. I actually found the pacing to be. I found it to be a little bit slower than I remembered. And obviously I've seen infinity war like six times and there are parts I skipped through, even though I thought pacing of that movie was very good for a long movie. Uh, I was very cognizant going into this, that I was seeing this movie for the second time in less than 24 hours, really about uh, 18 hours or so. And I was just kind of keeping mental tabs on like, how long is this taking on to the next thing? How long is this taking? And I actually thought they got through the movie perfectly to the extent of, I was never bored even on a rewatch and I may actually go see it a third time before it's out of theaters. I, I thought this movie was paced actually perfectly. I thought it was the best. There was every MCU movie except this one. And who knows? I'll see it five more times. Maybe it changes, but has had a part where when I rewatch it, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored by this. I didn't have that with this movie. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I, think the, I think mm -hmm. the original Iron Man is real good with its pacing, but um, I understand what you're saying. Sure. Ending. Ending. Uh, I gave this ending an A+. Plus. Um, I thought it was pretty crazy how the two best post-credit scenes ever from a Marvel movie came in the same movie. Uh, and, that it, you know, it came in a movie that already had a really good ending. So the fact that, you know, the conclusion to this movie, the final fight scene, you know, how things kind of wrapped up. And then, you know, the two post-credit scenes were both absolutely dynamite. Um, I, I thought that this movie deserved an A+. Plus from it. Again, it sets up a lot of things that we thought that we knew about the mcu and you know maybe we don't um peter parker's name is revealed in a massive way um you know but you know to all of times square in new york like that was, that was that's a huge moment um that was really awesome we you know peter kind of develops himself as like a true like unquestioned avenger now i give it an a plus let's hear it uh, I gave it an A, thought it was fantastic. I liked how it's set up with future movies. Again, I saw it with Matt and he didn't like any parts of the ending down to, I mean, pretty much any of it. And so I don't know if it'll be controversial or whatnot, but I loved the ending. I like what it's set up. I'm, I'm, I left the theater having really enjoyed the movie and also wondering where the next one's going to go. And I think that you can't do better than that. I wonder if I agree on Matt on a single movie take. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, acting and writing, I went with an A minus. I thought it was uh, really well casted, really well acted. Uh, there were a couple scenes that I thought were a little bit much. The scene in the safe where the people are revealing things that are wrong with them, thought it was a little overacted, but even so, it was still funny and still good. 
Um, and like when they go to the Netherlands and Peter's interacting with those guys and they're all super nice. Like, I, I just thought so many of these characters played their roles so well. Maybe A minus is even a little low, but I, I gave it an A minus. I really liked this movie. I also gave it an A minus and I basically lifted the exact same thing. I thought the main cast was great. Um, I thought that there were scenes that were overact overacted, but I'm not entirely sure that that's, you know, their fault. You know, we don't really know what's happening. You know, sometimes people are told to do a certain thing uh, in movies, you know, maybe writing was kind of weird and uh, I don't know, but yeah, I, again, an A minus is a really good grade, even if that's considered a low grade. I, I don't know that I, I, I feel pretty confident about giving it an A minus. That seems yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And like, if you're giving, if you're doing an Oscar movie, like the acting and writing on that, maybe an A plus or something. So like yeah. for, for this to even get in that range, I think is good. Uh, finally, our grades. Um, I, I gave this a flat nine out of 10. I, I was very high on it. It's what I gave uh, Infinity War. It's what we both gave Infinity War. And uh, for my money, Infinity War and, uh, and Ragnarok have been my two and Doctor Strange have been my three favorite MCU movies. Uh, and we'll see when I see this one a couple more times, but my first instinct is that I'll probably end up putting this one up there. I give this one a nine out of 10 as well. Uh, I'm trying to stick to my scale. Like that's kind of tough for me to do at this point because there's so many of these movies and we've re reviewed a lot of movies that are completely different from this. Mm -hmm. um, I think at this point, my superhero movie rankings should probably be separate from my other movie rankings just to feel better about myself. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I don't feel too bad about liking these movies because I think Marvel changed how, how cinema and how the movie industry works in a really big way. So I'm not like too embarrassed to indulge myself in it. But I think I gave Endgame a 9.5. And, you know, maybe again, I think it's easier to make a movie like Far From Home uh, into a you know well put together story, but you know again with the pressure and what Endgame needed to accomplish, I I don't think that that's uh, a question. I think that Endgame is the best Marvel movie. Um, whether it's you know the favorite or not, I, I don't really know. It's hard for me to pick that, but I think that it was the best one. And so giving this a nine uh, under that nine point five, I think is pretty dang good. Yeah, I would agree. It was probably the hardest to make. Um, that and Infinity War were too like just very intricately crafted movies. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I think originally I gave Endgame a nine. I like to retroactively move my grades around to make them all fit together better. I think I would now bump Endgame down to an 8.5 and uh, keep Infinity War at a nine and this at a nine. But that doesn't mean it's a worse movie per se. That's my own personal scale of my own level of liking things and whatnot. And that's why it constantly changes. So anything to add on this movie before we get out of here? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the third Spider-Man movie, which Tom Holland leaked would happen like a year ago. So, <laughs> wait, did he? Yes. Oh, oh, just he on an it. interview, he, uh -huh. he was just like, yeah. And then the third movie, we do such and such, and they're like, "There's a third movie." And he's like, "Oh no!" And he kind of just does this thing where he looks at the camera and he like covers his mouth. And, <laughs> they could oh, not man. have they could not have casted Peter Parker more like better. Like he he's perfect. He is actually like a, a phenomenal version of it. And like, obviously we talked about the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and the ones we all grew up with. And if you have an original Spider-Man and then recast it, it's going to be very hard to find someone that people, and then the, the original one is liked. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very hard to make people happy. You saw, you're seeing that with Batman, people complaining about Ben Affleck being Batman, or I guess he's not even going to be Batman anymore. I'm not even sure about that. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think, yeah, the, the casting of Tom Holland was one of the best directions and decisions of the MCU. And glad they did it. Really enjoyed this movie. And uh, yeah, this will be the Scene Center podcast. We will talk to you guys sometime next week.